Oh, the Super Bowl matchup is set. We've got coaching searches continuing in Arizona and elsewhere. Great time to talk to our next guest. And it's been a while since we've talked to Max Starks, NFL analyst, who uh, joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Good morning, Max. How are you? Good morning, Vince. How are you and Dan doing? We are doing well. Uh, Max Money, what's happening? <laughs> Max, I think the uh, uh, the Super Bowl uh, powers that be here in Arizona, hey, look, you, you get any matchup, you're going to be thrilled with it when you get a chance to host. But this matchup, you know, the two number one seeds, two teams that won 14 games in the regular season uh, with two gritty quarterback performances, I, this is about as good as it gets on paper going in, don't you think? No, I mean, this sets up for a tremendous matchup. When you look at the path both of these teams have taken, and of course, you know, one having the elite status as the top quarterback in the league, I think argue, uh, I don't even think there's an argument about Patrick Mahomes and him being the top quarterback in the league. Um, but then, and a rising star in Jalen Hurts, um, it's going to be a titanic matchup. You got the Kelsey brothers, you know, that are also going to be uh, going head-to-head, so to speak, um, both offensive players, though. I mean, everything on paper, the way that Philly defense is versus the Kansas City offense, classic matchup. I mean, I really like everything that, that – um, that that's about to start uh, matriculating into the town um, as far as headlines for this game. All right, when you take a look at the the uh, Cincinnati-Kansas City game, a lot was made about the officiating. What does it feel like to be a player in one of those games when it feels like everything is going against you? And what did you think about the way that game was officiated? You know, I was I was frustrated. You know the impact that the referees had in the game, um, just on a lot of those calls. But you know, I felt like Cincinnati overcame most of it uh, until that one blunderous decision. You know, the span of about a second and a half yeah. decision to keep your hands fully extended while a quarterback's running out of bounds. Um, cost the Bengals a shot at a return trip to the Super Bowl. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, to be a player in that situation, you're frustrated, but we're, we're kind of conditioned to think, you know, just keep your head down, keep plowing forward, and just keep move on to the next play, and that good things will eventually happen. Like, you can't continually pile on the entire time. And I thought the Bengals did a great job of that until that last moment, right? Until that last really physical play before the, before the field goal attempt by Bucker that – I just I felt the Bengals still were in control, and then that one decision changed everything. I was expecting to see this brand new playoff rule come into effect yeah. um, that was highly talked about and debated. And I was like, what more appropriate place than the place where this spirit of the law was created than in Kansas City? <clears throat> and Joseph Asai took that away from me once again. A Bengal lets me down, <laughs> so you know it's so, just, once again. <laughs> Once again. Uh, Max Starks, our guest here on Bickley Murata Moorings. More on that play and, and what Osai did. It, it was weird because on the broadcast he was getting praised by Jim Nance and Tony Romo leading up to that play. And then he makes, there's no other way to say it. You called it. It was a blunder play. Uh, and we saw a parade of Bengals going up to Osai on the sidelines who was inconsolable seemingly on the sideline. Uh, but it wasn't universal. Jermaine Pratt was yelling about it on his way to the locker room. I mean, in a situation like that, do you have any experience 
as a teammate, Max, having to deal with a player, a teammate that has, has made such a ca- catastrophic mistake in such a big spot? Oh, not that catastrophic. Thank God, because he wouldn't. He, he would not have been a teammate of mine too much longer after that. Um, or, or I wouldn't have been a teammate of his. I don't. I don't know how that would have worked. One of us would have had to go. Um, but you know, I've been a part where guys have missed some big plays in the moment, and you kind of get on them a little bit. Um, I'm guilty of it. With one of my teammates, he dropped literally a wide open touchdown in a highly contested game, and I was, I was, I was not 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 thrilled about it. And I let him know that for about a week um, that that I was not thrilled about it, and yeah, you know, I, I felt bad about it after the fact. But I'm like, no, not in the moment. I'm like, this is this is what we've been practicing for. Mm-hmm. So to imagine you are in the game. You've been playing a great game thus far, and it's like you short-circuited at the worst possible time, right? And I I, I can sympathize on both sides of it because I've also known that I've also had that moment where I've committed a penalty at at, at a terrible time as well. So we've all been there. If you play long enough, you are going to have one of those moments. The bad part is, you know, Asai had it at the worst possible time, and of course there was no recourse. Right, he couldn't go back and redeem himself yeah, later true. because there was no time left. So that's what makes this one even more kind of you know a uh, bigger moment, and everybody saw it too. It wasn't like ah, this is something like off the ball, you know, like a defensive holding like Eli Apple had, you know, <laughs> where you're like, oh man. It's like it could have went either way. <clears throat> that one was clear as day. It was blatant. The dude hyperextended his knee afterwards, and now he's riding on the ground on the sidelines holding his knee, and he just gave up a 15-yard penalty. You know what I'm saying? So it was like insult to the yeah, injury true. Uh, was that you have a double whammy happen at that, in that moment. All right, the Cardinals are firing back up their coaching search. They're going to interview both coordinators with the now-extinct eliminated Bengals. What are, what are your thoughts on this thing as it rolls into another week, especially after interviewing and apparently um, not coming to terms of Sean Payton over the weekend? Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know the direction that the Cardinals want to go in, right? Because, I mean, it's it's so across the board, and you're interviewing two coordinators that have not been head coaches either. So, you know, now you're back mm-hmm. in the rookie head coach realm, whereas you, I thought we were going in, trending in the direction of getting an established former head coach, a guy who can handle this, who has, you know, deep roots in the NFL that can go bring in the right guys because he's had connect he has connections to bring in pretty much almost everybody or anybody that he'd want to and now we're going back to it's going to be piecemeal if you're looking at the younger coordinators because you couldn't get it done with Sean Payton so that's where I just wonder you know where the Cardinals' direction is, what's Monty Austin Ford and Mike Bidwell's kind of vision for this team and how are you going to support if you're going to go another First time head coach, this would be that would be number three in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you going to do to make it work this time? Because it has not worked the previous two times. No. Like we we've seen this story, and I know people are like, oh, well, you got to give young guys a chance. But at the same time, it's like, <clears throat> is this a young guy situation? I feel like when apropos, do it. But <clears throat> you know, you have a team that's looking at trying to 
re-identify themselves, figure out what they're going to be, and then you're also trying to deal with, you know, your franchise quarterback who might not be available for the first half of the season, um, and then dealing with him once he does return and will have the right kind of cachet to be able to communicate with him. So that's where I just I struggle with the choices and decisions, and maybe this is just smokescreen. I don't know, but it's very frustrating to see that Sean Payton's still behind the desk um, doing game calls, and he is not a head coach anywhere. Yeah, I'm wondering, too, you know, kind of piggybacking on what you just said, Max. You know, Obviously, injury or no injury, the next head coach, his tenure with the Cardinals is going to be judged on what happens with Kyler Murray for the rest of this contract. Are you of the belief that this next head coach absolutely necessarily has to be an offensive mind? Or do you think a defensive uh, mind can come in and tab the right quarterback slash coach or slash OC to unlock Kyler Murray? Yeah, I I think it matters just about the general command that that head coach has. I don't think it has to be uh, offensive-minded or defensive-minded. I mean, we've seen both. Um, and, And I think it just really comes down to who is going to command the attention and kind of unlock that Rubik's Cube that is Kyler Murray. Um and is he going to be able, is he going to do it himself directly influencing that? Or is it going to be who he hires to do that job? You know, it, I, I don't care either way, just as long as you get the job done, right? You know, don't, don't, don't give me, you know, don't, don't tell me the details. Just, just serve the food, right? I don't need the chef to come out and explain his technique for cutting the zucchini. Um, <laughs> just, just show me what succotash looks like, right? Um, you know, I think that's kind of where I'm at with it because I don't think it has to be <clears throat> such a, such a narrow focus. Of oh my god we have to have this specific guy because he does this so great and I think that's what's going to work it's like no get the coach who can lead men and then allow that leader to then get the right guys in place because as much as the the head coach will interact with the entire team that quarterback offensive coordinator coach is going to be the one that directly influences how Kyler Murray thinks how his approach is what's his progression what's his mindset and his mental state going into game to game and how does he tap that introvert into an extroverted introvert. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't need you to be an extrovert, Kyler Murray. I don't need you going around hugging everybody and high-fiving and chest bumping and grittying everybody. But I do need you to have a better decorum when you're on the sidelines. Make sure that information is being passed between you. Make sure that you're interacting with your other offensive mates, staying engaged in this game, and then also how you handle yourself on a day-to-day basis when you enter the facility. Yep. Max, great stuff as always. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. We appreciate it.